a special treat. Come on, breakfast was good, but this is going to be better. I want you all to give the biggest welcome you can to Pastor Dan Seaborn. Hey, thank you, man. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Well, that's kind of you guys. I'm uh, just another man trying to figure out how to honor the Lord each day and bring glory to His name. And I appreciate you coming this morning to hear what I believe the Lord's kind of laid on my heart to talk to you about and just to challenge you with. At the end of my time here talking in a few minutes, I'm going to have you discuss a couple of things with the men at your table. So be prepared for that because I think one of the things we do in those moments is we sharpen each other. And the goal of this time together is to sharpen each other, to go out into this world, because this world needs to see what it means to be a godly man. This world needs to see men who are faithful to the Lord. And I know you being here, I'm sure some of you came for the breakfast, but I'm trusting that you're here also to hear from what the Lord would want to say into your spirit. Uh, I'm tired this morning. We're watching our three-and-a-half-year-old grandson. Praise God his mother comes home today. But we have had a great time uh, loving him and caring for him, but I'm tired in the body. I know why those of you in your 30s and 40s, praise God, you're the one who have three-and-a-half-year-olds because it's not designed for a 60-year-old man, but I've had a good week. My wife and I have a good week with little Elisha, and we're trusting that the Lord will use the influence we have on his life to make a difference. Those of you who have children, grandchildren in your life, we need to set the example. We need to show them what it means to love the Lord and serve the Lord. And so this kind of a time is our time to really focus on what that looks for us. And I've been talking a lot. I'm going to do it again today with you. I've been talking a lot about where we find our purpose and our value, and I'm going to focus on that today. Uh, to get started, though, I want, to, I want to say I've been contemplating a lot and thinking about what's different in our world for men from 100 years ago to today. Like, like what, what's different about our society from 100 years ago? The, the, your great-grandparents, what they grew up in versus now. What's the big difference? And, and there's something that's really standing out to me more and more. You know, everybody would turn to social media, all those things. But I'll tell you the thing that I think has changed in the last 100 years, and it's this. I believe the biggest thing that I see as I contemplate and step way back is pace of life. Pace of life. Uh, my grandfather was my godly example. I love that dude. His name was Jay Seaborn. He showed me what it means to serve Jesus every day with joy. But my grandpa, as I look back now at the age of 8, 9, and 10, he would sit on his front porch and rock in his rocking chair at least two or three hours a day. At least. We bought him a new rocking chair on Christmas because he would wear them out every year. And I look now and I go, how long has it been since you sit and just rock for two hours? I realize some of us are retired. I'm not yet, but I realize there are some of you who can do that. But in general, the average man is not sitting around rocking for two or three hours. We are constantly bombarded. In fact, many of you, like me, wake up in the morning and you check your phone right away. You go to the news source or you go to sports source or you go wherever. You go and you spend time doing these things, etc. And it never ends. Like when my grandfather was rocking in that rocking chair, if something happened in China, he might know about it in a week or two. But I know about it as soon as it happens because it's posted and I can see it. 
and we're constantly trying to keep up with all that's going on. And if, if this pace of life continues to grow as it is, I don't know if you can sustain and deal with that your whole life. Like I think it mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, it wears you out. And, and the thing I guess I'm most concerned about, and I'm talking to us guys this morning, is if our pace of life increases like that, typically, typically, it's God that gets pushed out. Because we're busy focusing on these other things. And they're good things. They're important things. But God gets shoved to the side. So even for you to take this time this morning to come to reload and say, I need, these, I need this hour with the Lord. I need this time to invest in Him. Good job. Because this is the place. You're not going to go on here and see a lot of Scripture. But coming here, you're going to get a lot of focus in the Lord's Word and what the Lord wants to do in your life. And so this morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you in a couple of areas. I wrote down three things. I'm going to tell you a little story from the book of Acts chapter 10. But before I do that, I want to just, just say this to you. Um, I want you guys to understand how important it is. And this sounds like a little phrase. You're going to say, like, yep, yep, I know that. No, listen to me carefully. I want you to find your identity deeply in Jesus Christ this morning. Who you are. I spoke last week down in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to a group of, is it about a thousand guys? So just like this, just a, a venue with that many guys. And I said to them, same thing I'm going to say to you. There are so many ways and so many things that we as men try to use to find our identity. And we don't even see it about ourselves. But there's somebody sitting, I'm just going to go through a little list of them. There is some guy sitting here this morning. You can't see it about yourself, but your possessions has become part of your identity. Like you're, you're loaded. Not reloaded, just straight up loaded. And people, even when they see you come and go, oh, there he comes. And there, there's a part of you that goes, I like that. I've, I made it. And I want to say to you this morning, literally ask you point blank. If all of it was taken away, everything you own was taken away, would you be okay? I'm dead serious. Would you be okay? See, those of you in here like me, you ain't got a lot, yeah, I'd be good. But if you're multi-something and it gets taken away, where would you find your value? Somebody sitting in here, your identity was found in your relationship with your spouse. And something happened there, and you lost that relationship, and you struggled so much with, man, who, am, I, am I of any value? Am I any good? And, and if your value is found in your spouse, mm, there's a chance you could lose it. Your identity and your value has to be found in your relationship with Jesus Christ. It has to be. Our job. See, like, like I went last time I preached here, I said to you, we, we so often, somebody says, hey, hey, uh, who are you? And you answer with, I'm a plumber. That, that's not who you are. That's not who you are down deep. Who are you down in here? You've got to understand you are God's boy. 
I didn't get this for many years because I, I fought so much to get approval. I fought so much to want to become someone or something that people would desire. Some of you got up early this morning. You'll get up early tomorrow morning and you'll go and you'll bust it, man. You'll kill yourself to try to accomplish something. And I say to you, at the end of all that, just make sure you understand, if all of that was lost, you better know that you're God's boy. You know, I was driving in the vehicle um, three days ago with a very wealthy man, owns a massive company, ton, thousand plus workers at this company right now, this morning. And he looked over at me, he was driving, he looked over at me and he said, all this stuff I'm I'm making millions upon millions. What's it all about, Dan? Yeah. What's it all about? At the end of the day, your value and who you are must be found in Jesus Christ. And this morning, I'm just having you check it. You say, Dan, is it okay to have a family? Absolutely. Go kill it. It's awesome. Is it okay to run a company? Absolutely. Is it okay to possess something? Sure. But just don't let that be where you find your identity. Don't let it be where you think you've made it, where you think your value and purpose is, because it's not there. Whatever all that stuff is, is just part of the purpose. And that was my conversation with this guy three days ago. He said, whatever we do at this company, whatever we can figure out a way to use everything we're making, et cetera, to bring honor and glory to the God, that's what it's about, isn't it? I said, yes, that's what it's about. Because ultimately, your goal as a man is to leave a legacy for those coming behind you that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and all your strength. That's the legacy you want to leave. You say, I want to leave them, take care of them. That's fine. But that legacy of Jesus is what will last. And I can see that clearer now. I got to say to all the 30-year-olds in here, I chased hard at 30. I wanted to speak at such and such a place. I, I wanted to go over there, and I wanted to speak there, and I wanted to go and speak over here. And part of that was because I wasn't secure in the Lord. I was looking for people's approval. I was looking for people to go, you're good enough to speak at our church. You're good enough. Oh, if I'm good enough to speak there, then I made it. Some of you understand this totally. Not about speaking, but about your job. Because when people say the right things to you, it does something inside. And I'm saying to you, what if they don't say the right thing? Some dude sitting in here this morning, you haven't been told that stuff. I say to you, you're still good because you're God's kid. God doesn't reject you. Man rejects you. God doesn't reject you. A spouse rejects you. God doesn't reject you. Friends reject you. Make sure your full identity is found in the Lord. I don't know. Maybe this is only connecting with two or three guys in here this morning. But somebody in here, I promise you, you are not finding your true, true identity in the Lord. And you need to go back to that foundation. You need to reload this morning into that thought. And when that happens, number two... I want you to look for the purpose God has for you and live into it. Look for the purpose God has for you and live into it. Now, this is where I want to tell you the story from Acts chapter 10. A friend of mine, Adam Grill, is talking about this, and I want to share it with you. In Acts chapter 10, there's a man that we meet, and his name is Cornelius. 
Cornelius was a centurion in charge of the Italian regiment. Let's just stop a second and think about that. The Italian regiment, Roman army. He didn't get to that position without doing some stuff that he probably didn't want to actually do. He probably had killed some people. He's a centurion, over a hundred at least men, okay? You don't get moved from rank and file in the Roman military without having done something. So here's a good guy who his job, his job put him in places that he probably would have thought, man, I'd rather not have to do this, but I have to do it. It's part of my job. I'm just talking to you. The, the Bible is a real book about real people. So often we put it, no, the people, no, this was a man, a centurion, who had a tough and challenging life, and he was in charge of the military in Rome back in the day when people were bloody killed. That's his job. But I want you to note what the word of the Lord says about this man named Cornelius. He and his family were devout and God-fearing he gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. I want you to see that. He was a Roman citizen. He was not a Jew. He was not in the in group with Jesus coming, Jewish. He was one of the people on the Gentile side, the centurion. This man who had made, in the world's eyes, he had made it. What, what do you do? I'm a, I'm a Roman centurion. Like you're in charge, yeah. You got good food, pretty much whatever I want. Like people look up to you, I think so. So he made it. He could have found his identity there. He could have said, well, in the world's eyes, I'm, I'm not like all them. I've, I'm, I'm elite. I'm part of the elite army and I'm, I'm over a lot of things. That's where he got. But I want you to see that that wasn't his purpose on the earth. See, you would look and go, oh, that was his purpose on the earth. No, his purpose is about to be what God's going to use him to do in that position. Because of who he was, because of his rank and file, people listened to him. And God looked down from heaven with this man who had had to do some things on earth that probably weren't his favorite thing to have to do. And God looked down from heaven and saw that he was God-fearing and devout and spend time with him. God notices men who are willing to spend time with him. I want you to see that. God had to pick a dude, and he picked Cornelius. Wasn't a Jew. He was a Roman military man. And God looks down and says, hmm, I need to spread the gospel. Watch this. This is the book of Acts, chapter 10. For those of you who know a lot about Scripture, you know this is where Jesus' name and Jesus' love is about to be spread to the Gentiles. It's Jewish, and it's about to go beyond. And God is looking at, who am I going to choose to break that barrier? Who am I going to choose to get this Jewish, Jewish Jesus over to the Gentiles? And he looks down, and he sees this man named Cornelius, and he says to him in a vision, I want you to go to a town. He's in Caesarea, and he said, I want you to send to Joppa, about 30 miles away. 
I'm going to send you to Joppa. I want you to go there, and I want you to look for a man named Peter. In fact, he used to be called Simon. Go find him. Be like me telling you, hey, I need you to go about 30 miles to the town of so-and-so and go find so-and-so. You'd be like, what kind of vision is this? Like, where is he at? Just go look. Go look down by Simon the Tanner. You'll find him. And like, well, who's Simon the Tanner? You know, they didn't have Google. They couldn't look all that stuff up. So he's got to go figure it out. Meanwhile, over here, over here on this side, Peter, who he's supposed to go find, Okay, Cornelius is supposed to go get this man who does not know at all. Romans and Jews did not hang out. Cornelius gets an assignment from God, purpose. Okay, you say, but, but Dan, what about the Italian regiment? He's leading that, but he's about to discover his purpose on earth. And over here, this man named Peter is having a dream where a sheet's coming down. It's all kind of crazy stuff if you want to read the book of Acts chapter 10. And God's putting in Peter a vision. And in that vision, basically what Peter's seeing is the gospel being spread beyond the Jews. And so Cornelius goes and gets this man named Peter. Or he sends people to find him and bring him back to Simon's. Uh, he brings Simon Peter back to Cornelius' house. That didn't happen. Romans didn't have Jews over. There, there's a whole lot here for us as men. Who are you invited into your ranks that you say, well, they're a misfit in society. Well, we don't want them to come to reload. No, that's who you want to come to. Bring people here who don't know how Jesus loves them, don't know how much he cares about them. Bring them here. Who are your people you're reaching out to that the world says they don't fit? They don't measure up. They're not good enough. So what's happening here. There's a big barrier being broken because this man named Simon Peter, who you know about, Simon Peter goes into Cornelius' house and literally says to him, this is how he greets him, you know this ain't supposed to happen, right? You know I'm not supposed to be here, right? I know. But they begin to pray. Fire falls from heaven. They begin to speak in the Spirit. And that was one of the moments where the Jewish message of Jesus was broken into the Gentile ranks and even the Jews among them went, oh my word, this message of Jesus is for the Gentiles too. I want you to see that Cornelius' purpose was to be one of the men who God used to broaden the message of Jesus so that we heard it, so that we got the message. Over here, in 2022, we got the message because on that day, Peter went over to his house and, and broke the message past the Jewish culture and broke it into our culture and what would have been the Gentile culture. And now today we hear the gospel because of that. So I want you to see today that Cornelius' purpose was not to lead the Italian regiment. That was his job. But his purpose was way bigger because he wanted to fulfill what God had for him. Today, listen to me, y'all all might have a job, but I want you to find your purpose in that job. Why has God put you there? What's he trying to do? Whose barrier is he trying to break down because of where he put you today? Somebody needs to hear the message of Jesus, and he has sent you. You say, Dan, I don't like this job. This, uh, I'm just on a line, and I do this stuff, and I get bored with it every day. Well, whoever you're working next to, have they seen Jesus in you? 
Do they know about the gospel of good news of Christ? Do, do they know you come to reload before you're loading up to go there? Do they know this message of Jesus? You say, they're rejecting it. Yeah. Yeah, it's because the world has told them a warped message about Jesus. If they ever really met and found the real Jesus, they'd want him. So keep setting that example. Understand that you have a purpose, and your purpose is bigger than whatever your position is today. I am the president of Winning at Home. Whoop-dee-doo. What my purpose is is to bring the message of the gospel to people who haven't heard it. That's what I believe I'm on the earth for. The Lord has been affirming this more and more. My job isn't to try to build something bigger. If that happens, that's fine. My job is to carry the message. I'm on the earth. I said it to my wife yesterday. Babe, I'm on, we were riding to dinner. And I said to her, I believe I am seeing more and more I am on this earth for one purpose, to preach the good news of Jesus. I see that better now. I see it better now. And I want you to know, as a man, I want you to find that purpose. It, it's taken me a long time to hone that in. It's taken me a long time to figure out exactly what that is. Because I do a lot of other things. I just told you, I watched my three-and-a-half-year-old grandson. I do all these things. But my purpose is to carry that message of Jesus and carry it clearly to those who need to hear it. You have a purpose. Seek it. Ask the Lord to show it to you. Let it be defined and refined. Let it continue to, to find that little path that you go, this is why I'm here. Because, guys, we need to figure out why we're on this earth to honor Jesus. And we need to go into that mode and we need to do it well. Because God needs men who have purpose and vision. He might wake you up with a vision. Listen for it. Watch for it. And follow it. And I want you to know, like I've been doing this thing called ministry for 35 years now. It's been tiring. There are days I do not want to do it. The attacks sometimes are ridiculous. It's stupid. But I've got to stay focused. And here's why. The third point I want to share with you this morning is why I want to stay focused. I believe the veil. This is, this is just my opinion. It's my thought, okay? I believe the veil between the natural and the supernatural is thinner than we think. Like I believe we're in a battle on this earth. I believe when we get to heaven, we're going to look down and go, oh, my word. There were so many battles I was fighting on a daily basis. That was a spiritual battle. I couldn't even see it. We think we're wrestling with flesh and blood, but we're not. We're wrestling against an enemy who does not want us to find our purpose. The enemy did not want Cornelius to go and find Simon Peter and bring him there and spread the gospel, okay? The enemy does not like that. So today, if you're going to be here and define your purpose in the Lord, the enemy will fight that with what is called, ready, distractions. Things that will get you to quit. Things that will make you go, hmm, I guess I'm not good enough. Oh, I'm going to give up. I'm not going to follow this path. It's too hard. Jesus set the model of what it means to stay on a path that's a hard path. He's our example. You know, I was thinking back the other day, not to toot my own horn, but I was thinking back to 30 years ago, all the youth pastors I used to be friends with, 40 or 50 of them, we'd gather in a room, we'd pray together. 
I would tell you out of 50 guys, 35 of them are not in ministry anymore. Many of them have walked away from the faith. Some of them have passed on. And I was thinking the other day about, wow, it's hard to stay in this battle. You guys, as you listen to me this morning, you may get a little fired up and go out of here and go out the door. And, yeah, I'm going to do that. It's okay. Easy to do it till noon today. God's looking for some men who will stay in the battle with him. Some men who will stay. I'm on this journey. I don't know where exactly where it's going to go. I don't know exactly what it's going to take out of me, but I'm faithful to the end. I'm going to keep my focus, and I'm going to stay faithful to the end. That's what he's looking for. And if we gather here on Tuesday morning just to kind of rah-rah and that kind of thing, we're wasting our time. And I'm point blank saying to you today as men, find your purpose, find why you're on this earth, figure it out, and be devoted to it for the rest of your life. Because then you will leave something for your family to have that will be a beautiful picture to carry forth in their lives. I don't do it perfectly. I have my struggles. I have my distractions. But that veil between the natural and supernatural, I believe, is much smaller than we think. And so we need to continue to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to help us stay focused, to be men of faith, and to carry this message of the gospel. Simple message. Simple message. Cornelius did it, and God picked him because he was a God-fearing man. And in this room, I believe there are God-fearing men. And I believe God's going to look down and say, I need you to do this for me in the day we live in. And again, it might be two guys that I'm speaking to. It might be all of you. I don't know. I know I'm supposed to just share the message and trust the Lord to woo your spirit to challenge you to be that kind of man. So here's what I'm going to do. At your table, I'm going to ask you to do two things. I want you to ask you, I'm going to ask you to talk around the group and say, what is it a purpose that I believe God might be laying on my heart? What's the one of the purpose? I guess you could say purpose. What is the reason that God has you on the earth? Answer that question. What is the reason I believe God has me on the earth? And number two, what's a distraction that I have to watch out for? Number one, what would I think my purpose on this earth would be? Number two, what's a distraction that I have to watch out because the enemy trips me up right there? That's what I want us to do. So as sitting as a group, I want you to answer two questions. Number one, what do I feel my purpose is on this earth? And number two, what's the distraction I need to watch out for? And then after you discuss that, pray for each other and ask the Lord to bless you as men. So Lord God, I give you these guys this morning. We're going to head out in here in a minute to go do this day. And I pray we'd do it with purpose. That somebody would see Christ in how we look and live and that it would be contagious to them because they see the true Jesus, not just some manufactured, systematic person, but the Jesus who changes lives. Let us be a model of that. And I pray your hand would be on us and you'd guide us in Jesus' name. Amen.